Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. a new series called Chasing Carrots today. Chasing Carrots. And um, we're going to be going through this for a while. And, and really the, the main thought behind it was kind of like the Bugs Bunny cartoon when Elmer Fudd's trying to get Bugs Bunny out of the hole. He puts a carrot down there and lures him with a carrot. And, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks is what are you chasing after? Like, as, as life goes, what are you really chasing after, and what are you trying to catch? What is luring you away, and what is luring you, and what is tempting you to make you run after? And the question I would pose throughout this whole series is this, is it really worth catching? Is it really worth achieving? Is it really going to make that big of a difference. The main scripture for this series, and, and you're gonna kind of get tired of this scripture by the time this series is open, but over. But first Peter chapter four, verse two says this: You won't you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Peter Peter's saying this: that your life won't be spent chasing after your own desires. And there's a lot of us that if we were to be real honest, we get caught up chasing after what everybody else is chasing after. We get caught up chasing after what, what culture is chasing after. If it's toilet paper, it's toilet paper. If it's hand sanitizers, it's hand sanitizers. If it's masks, but, but it goes way bigger than that, right? It, it's appearing like the rest of culture. It's acting like the rest of culture. In fact, next week we're going to be talking about chasing cool. But, but, you know, and just chasing what everybody else is doing. And is that how you and I have been called to live? And if we're not careful, and if we got really truthful and really real in this place today... A lot of us were chasing after desires that if we really achieve it and if we catch it at the long run and in the big scheme of life and, and, and really in eternity's view, it doesn't really matter. And so Peter's saying this, don't, don't chase after what you desire, what looks good, what's temporary, but be anxious to do the will of God. Be anxious. Now, now this word anxious isn't the whole 
phrase and, and the usage here isn't the way that we usually use anxious as. Anxious here means to look forward to doing, to actually looking forward to doing something. Like, I'm anxious to go on vacation. I'm anxious to travel. Is anybody else, like, ready to travel? Like, ready to go somewhere? Like, I'm like, just let me go, right? I am dying. I'm like, please let me go. Um, like, when did the store feel like a vacation? You're like, woo! You know, I'm just going to go to the store. I'm going to go to research for an hour and a half and just go look, right? Like, wow, really dangerous. But, um, that, that's what the usage is here, is that you would look forward, that you wouldn't feel like, I guess I have to, but you would look forward to doing the will of God, and that's what this is all about. So today I want us to talk about, we're going to share about talking about chasing perfection. I think for Mother's Day sermon, this is probably pretty, pretty accurate, because I would say probably most of the moms out there you feel a pressure to be perfect, right? Right. Like nobody, for the most part, there's that rare bird out there, but nobody shares most of their mom fails out there on social media, right? They share the pictures of their kids like behaving, and, and if they have the guts to share like how their kids are acting or how they failed as a mom, it gets all this attention, like good attention, like thank you for being so real, like thank you so much. Um, it's so refreshing to see. I'm not going to be real, but thank you for being real, right? And there is this pressure that we feel to be perfect. There is this carrot that you and I chase, not just moms. Man, I am a big person that chases after Perfection, and here's what I want us to understand, that in the pursuit of chasing perfection, it has an effect on us. If you keep chasing the carrot of perfect and perfection, it's going to have an effect on your life, and that's our first point. It's so that we understand that perfection brings pressure. It brings a pressure to it, but grace brings peace. Perfect, the pursuit of, prep, uh, of perfection Man, there's pressure to that. But when you step into the grace that God offers and the grace that he gives, there's a peace in that. Romans 3.23, a lot of us know this verse. We, we grew up memorizing this verse. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. What this is telling us is that all of us are imperfect. All of us have messed up. All of us have blown it. And yet, for a lot of us, especially if you grew up in church, there's this like un, unusual pursuit of trying to be perfect in every sense. And I want us to understand today, this is not a message talking about, hey, you should not pursue righteousness and holiness. That is something you and I, as followers of Christ, we should be trying to pursue being more righteous and more holy, becoming more like him. That's what righteousness and holiness is, is that we're trying to become more like Jesus Christ and less like ourselves. Like I talked about last week, he must increase and I must decrease. But today I'm talking about the religious pursuit of perfection. And if I were to be honest today, and you don't know me any other way than to be honest and transparent, man, I struggle with this one. I struggle with pursuing the, the carrot of perfection. And, and not so much that I expect my 
kids to be perfect, not so much that I expect my wife to be perfect, which of course she's perfect. It's Mother's Day. It's her birthday later this month. How dare you imply anything else, sir? Um, happy birthday later this month. But um, anyways, you know, is that there, there is a pursuit of perfection I expect of myself, and I have a feeling I'm not alone in it. That, that there's a pursuit, there's an expectation of perfection you have at home watching this. Man, you expect to be a perfect dad. You expect to be a perfect employee and perfect employer. That you're not going to make mistakes. That you expect to make perfect grades. You expect to be the perfect kid. And, and what do you do when that falls down? What do you do when you are living under the pressure of pursuing perfection? Because i got to be real honest. I mean, it's exhausting, right? I'm not saying it's exhausting being perfect. It's ex- like, you're like, wow. Um, it's exhausting trying to pursue perfect. Let you in on my mind. Here, here's where my mind goes. I, I think, man, if I can just preach better, if I can lead better, if I can be a better pastor, then the church, God's going to do this. But if I mess up, if I think a wrong thought, if I say something, if I didn't work hard enough, if I, then God is going to all of a sudden punish me. That, that if I, I have a hard time sometimes going out and just relaxing, sometimes unplugging, going and playing golf, I feel guilty like I could have used that time. Even if it's my day off, I could have used that time to be a better dad, to be a better husband, to, to, to have studied more, to be a better pastor, to check in on somebody, to, to do something. But I'm out here playing golf or I'm out here doing something that I enjoy and I have this almost guilt thing that God's going to punish me and not bless me because I'm not working hard enough or working all the time. If I lose it on my kids, and some of you are like, what? You actually lose it sometimes on your kids? If, if I have blown up on my kids, I bite one of their heads off because I'm tired or they had a wrong attitude, and if you have a wrong attitude, I win every time, right? My wrong attitude trumps your wrong attitude. Um, it's not great parenting, but that's how it works, baby. And so I, I will come in and like, I'm like, boom, you're going to meet me here? I'm going to meet you here. Like, whoa. Anyways, if that happens before I go to bed, if it didn't get resolved, even if it did get resolved, I'm like, great. My daughters are going to become prostitutes. They're going to become drug addicts um, because I'm such a horrible. They're going to have dad issues now. And I, I can't sleep that. Why? Because I expect myself to be perfect. And in the pursuit of that, there is a pressure that is exhausting. And some of you, man, you're home, you're here. And you're trying to put off this perfect persona, and the reality is you are absolutely exhausted, and here's why. Because, because the pursuit of perfection, the care to perfection, is all about me, me, me. All about how I performed, how I behaved, how you're like this little circus monkey boy that, you know, more, perform more for me, be better, be better, be better. And yet the, the path that Christ offers is his grace, that brings peace, takes the pressure off. In fact, it says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. It says, if we claim we have no sin, if we think we're perfect, if we think, you know, there's no, there's no imperfect, man, you're only fooling yourselves and not living in the truth. Understand, you are not going to be perfect. Let me say that again. Understand, you are not going to be perfect perfect. This is not something, and I'm there with you if this is you, this is not something that you can just hear in your head. It's got to get in your heart. 
This is, you are not going to be perfect. You're not going to have, if you claim you have no sin, you're only fooling. It is a carrot you can never catch. You're only fooling yourselves and not living in the truth. But 1 John 4, 18 says this, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment. If I do something wrong, if I'm not perfect, then this is what the result's going to be. Then God's not going to use me as much. God's not going to answer my prayer. There's going to be punishment. Absolutely, there's consequences for horrible decisions. Absolutely, there's consequences for sins and choices we make. But God's not up there like, I am ready to punish you, you sorry sucker. I knew it was coming. But, but, but hear me, and this is what he's saying. But perfect love cast out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. The only way you become perfect is through his love. And here's what performance, here's what the, 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 the pursuit of perfection focuses on. Perfection focuses on you're not good enough. It focuses on all your imperfection, but grace focuses on come as you are. My come as you are. Perfection focuses on what I can do, what I am able to do. Me, 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 me. Grace focuses on all that Jesus has done. Perfection is is self-centered, but grace is God-centered. Perfection focuses on trying to win God's approval, but grace focuses on living out of God's love. And as you and I understand that, you're going to understand this point, and it's not going to freak you out so much. Mom, dad, teenager, single adult, married couple, at some point in time, you're going to blow it. You're going to blow it. Didn't that just make you rest at peace, right? Like, ah, it's great. You're going to blow it. Some of you, you are watching this service in separate rooms because you already blew it, right? Like Mother's Day is ruined, right? Like they're in theirs, I'm in there. Anyways, um, some point in time, you're going to mess up. You're going to blow it. In fact, speaking of blowing it, let's talk about my dad for a second. Um, he's not here, so um, he's watching home. I, I remember being a little kid, and when I was little, um, I, did, I, got, I got whippings. I, I got spankings. Whipping sounds awful. Um, but I got spankings all the time. And I, and, and I deserve my spankings. I'm here. I'm still, we're still good friends. But I remember um, one time I got a, sp- I had an older sister, still have an older sister named Stephanie. Um, she's three years older than me. And Stephanie did something that I got blamed for. And when dad, my dad came home, he was convinced that it was me. And I'm like, dad, I did not do this. And he's like, uh, he's like, well, then who did it? And I was like, Stephanie. And she's like, now you're getting one for lying to me, right? And so he comes in, we go into the room, he whips his belt off with Randy on the back of it. He pulls me over, and I mean, just goes to town on my rear. And it's one of those, man, he kept whipping you, even if, spanking you, even if you like started moving, and then he gets your hamstrings, and you're like, oh, you know, you remember this. And he, and literally probably five, ten minutes later, after he stopped, no, after I stopped crying, um, I come out of my room, um, my dad realized it was truly my sister and not me. And my dad didn't say, hey, you know what, let's, let's, go to, let's go get some ice cream and let's talk this whole thing out. You know, are, are you okay? I was wrong. Can you ever forgive me, Justin? No, no, that didn't happen. 
You know what my dad said to me? Well, I figured I probably owed you one from somewhere down the road. So there you go. We'll just call it even. And I'm like, owed me one. You gave me like 12 whoopings. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? One. Like, you owed you one. And here's the deal. Did he blow it? Yes. Was he a bad dad in that moment? Yes. Right? But I'm okay for the most part. Still working through some things. May start counseling after this. But I'm okay for the most part. And we're best of friends. And here's what that helps me understand. You're not expected to be perfect just present as a parent. You're you're not expected to be perfect but just keep trying. Man, you're not going to. So allow grace to come in and bring peace instead of pressure. And when you understand this, you understand our second point, that is simply this. Your unfiltered self plus Jesus equals enough. Your unfiltered self just the way you are plus Jesus equals enough. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things, good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I love verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Why would you ever try to change a masterpiece? Right? The Mona Lisa is is guarded in, in Paris. Why? Because they don't want it to be changed because it is just the way the, the artist designed for it to look. Is the Mona Lisa a pretty lady? No, she's ugly. Let's just be honest, right? Like, she's beautiful. I'm like, I don't know who you're looking at, but that girl is ugly. Anyways, um, you know, I, but that is the way it is supposed to look. That is the way the artist designed it to look. And, and here's the great news for you. Just as you are, not, not, not trying to cover up all your imperfections, all your faults, God knows you, God sees you, and he says this about you. You're his masterpiece. All your imperfections, all your quirks, all your weird things, he put those inside. Some of you are like, don't blame God for their weirdness, but he put those things inside you. In fact, my wife gave me this birthday card last week. It said this. <coughs> it says, it's your weirdness that makes you wonderful. And I'm not sure if that was like a, a backwards compliment. I don't know um, what, what, what comes from that. But it made me think of this verse. And it made me think of Instagram. Now, I don't know how many of you are on Instagram. I know some of you are new to social media because of the whole COVID-19 and everything else going on. But there are all sorts of filters that I have I've never used um, up until this point. Uh, for this point, but there are filters that mostly, 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 some of you are like, no, I've seen men that use it, but mostly women use, right? And I'm going to pick on the moms for just a second, even though it's Mother's Day. Moms, especially you with little babies, when you put these filters on that take away all your wrinkles and your baby is in the picture, it makes your baby look weird. It makes them look like they got like 
meth problems or, or some sort of something. So, so just stop, stop. You look great. Your baby looks great. You don't need a filter. But, but here's what we do with filters. So, so here's a normal picture of me, right? Here's a normal picture of your pastor. There are wrinkles on my forehead. There's gray. There's silver. And I'm okay. People are like, man, I see a lot of gray in that here. I'm like, you see hair. I am okay with gray hair. I got hair. So, but, but here's what it starts looking like when we start putting filters. There's a filter called uh, uh, clouds and freckles. This is one of them, right? So this is the first one, clouds and freckles. This, and this is what you ladies are doing, right? You're like, hey, um, here's a cat, cat ears and glasses, um, and you're doing the whole duck face thing, right? This is happy mother's Day, gift that keeps on giving. I know this is going to come back to haunt me. But to be all things to all people is what Paul called us to do. Um, and then there's one, this one's my favorite one, called smooth skin, right? This is called smooth skin. You see all my wrinkles? There are no wrinkles there. There's so, so if you put all four of them up, can I tell you, these don't, look, these don't look anything like me. These don't look like me. Like, what in the world? What, what is going on right now? And here's what I would tell you. Is there a lot of us? That it's not that we're just putting filters on our Instagram posts. We're trying to put filters all over our life. And we're trying to cover up our, because if I put enough glitter on it, right? If I put enough filters on my life, you won't see all the imperfections that surround me. And fear and anxiety and guilt drive us to try to appear perfect and put filters on our life and try to pretend that everything is okay. And yet, here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Just as you are, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm not going to try to cover them up. I'm not going to try to put all these filters on. I'm not going to try to pretend that they're not there. But Paul says, I'm going to lean into my weaknesses. I'm going to lean into my imperfections. Instead of, trying, instead of trying to put off this perfect persona that brings pressure and that I was not created for, I understand that even in the midst of my weakness, Paul says I am God's masterpiece. And it says that his grace is sufficient for me as I am. As my unfiltered self, his grace is sufficient for me. That word sufficient comes from a Greek word called archaeo, and it means more than enough. God's grace isn't just sufficient, but it is more than enough for you, just your unfiltered weaknesses all over your life, imperfections. His grace is more than enough, is sufficient for you. There's another passage in the Bible where it uses this same phrase, this same word sufficient, found in John chapter 6, verse 7. And they're getting ready to feed the 5,000 people. And Jesus turns to his disciple, Philip. It's like, Philip, what do we have to feed him? And, and, and Philip's got nothing. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth, the whole year's worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Here's what Philip is saying. I don't have sufficient amounts to meet this need. My resources, my ability isn't sufficient enough to meet this. It's not more than enough. It's not even enough. I don't have sufficiency in myself to meet this need. And here's the reality. A lot of us, we're right there. 
We're right where Philip is, and we feel that, man, I see my need, and I don't have the resources to meet it. I see the kind of parent I need to be, and I don't feel like I'm being it. I see the spouse I need to be, and I don't know how to be it. I know the kid I need to be. I know the, the young professional. If I could just look pretty enough and look buff enough and be skinny enough, then maybe I will find my happily ever after. If I can be perfect enough of a parent, of a mom, then maybe my kids will turn out right. If I can be a perfect enough spouse, maybe I can fix all the imperfections. And hear me today. There's no way you were ever called to fix you to be enough for you. But Jesus says this, my grace is sufficient. My grace is more than enough for where you are lacking. Just as you are, where you're at, in your weakness, understand my grace and your unfiltered self is sufficient, is more than enough for you and the tasks that you have ahead of you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're struggling. I don't know where your insecurity is, but lean into it as Paul says, man, lean and boast about your weaknesses because understand in your weaknesses and your imperfections, man, that's when his strength is more than enough. And it's archaeo. It's more than enough. It is sufficient for you to see the impossible happened. How did the 5,000 get saved? How, I mean, get fed? How did the 5,000 get ministered to? It was easy. They placed the fish and the bread in the, Lord, in the hands of Jesus. And if you will place your life in the hands of Jesus and try, instead of trying to fix it yourself, instead of trying to filter it yourself, instead of trying to cover it all up, if you will just hand your life over to him and say, God, I'm exhausted and I can't do this, his grace will be sufficient, will be more than enough for you. Because here's what starts to happen, is that when we start pursuing all of the perfection and the perfect persona and the perfect image, we start chasing after this and we leave things behind. And this last point is almost a whole separate sermon, but I think it's really worth us knowing and noting and realizing that as if I, if I have been caught up chasing after the carrot of perfection, the reality is somewhere along the lines I've probably left relationships behind. The, 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 the reality is that somewhere I probably haven't valued people as much as I should. And our third point is this, is that it's about pursuing people over perfection. It's about pursuing people over perfection. John 13, verse 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Man, I, I want you to hear me on this. This is not a point about not trying to do your best. This is not a point about not trying to do everything with excellence. I think both of those are critical and matter. But we can become a slave of pursuing excellence and greatness, and we leave relationships in the dust. We will step on people, we will burn bridges, and we will ruin relationships as we try to pursue perfect. And I'm going to come to this one Sunday, and we try to, try, try to grab hold of more, and we leave people in the dust. And Jesus said this, it is how you love one another. 
It's, it's not if you check in on Facebook, which if you haven't, do it. Um, but if, you know, if you've checked into church on Facebook, it's not about you sharing posts. It's not about you wearing a Christian t-shirt. It's not about how high you can raise your hands during worship or if you raise them this way instead of, the, if you raise them this way, you're feminine. But if you raise them this way instead of this, you know, it's like, I'm here, Lord. Anyways, um, you know, it, 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 that, no, that's not it. That's not it. You want to know how people are going to know you belong to me? By how much you love other people. By how much you value other people. How much you invest in other people. This whole COVID-19, this whole coronavirus, man, there's been some big dividing lines, right? Like, imagine, it's like we got into politics early, but it's coronavirus. And so, if you have one view, then you're stupid. And if you have another view, you're stupid. And my views are extreme and right, and your views are stupid and wrong. And, you know, there's those that, that are going to stay home until the, the year 2023 and not going to get out. And that's what's good for humanity. And then there's those of us that are licking doorknobs everywhere you go and like, hey, I'm out, right? And and, and it's just like, woo, I bring it, corona, right? And, and I'm talking about the virus still, not something else. Some of you are like, I like this church. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying? And it's become divisive, and we've stopped loving one another in the pursuit to be right, in the pursuit to be perfect. There's a lot of us, our homes, we're not loving one another like we should. Man, your house may be spick and span, mom, dad. Your house may be clean as clean can be, but your kids don't enjoy being there because you you're putting the appearance of your house over the relationships in it. Man, your, your marriage can look great. You can go on all the trips. You can be in your bikini, and he's got a six-pack, and like, yeah, look at us. We are so healthy, and we are so happy, and we go to the beach all the time. We take pictures with the clothes off. It's awesome, and you can look perfect. Right? And if you do that, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that out there. Like, oh, she's talking about, he's talking about us today. Um, but, but it, man, it can look perfect, but your marriage is falling apart. Why? Because you've been pursuing a perfect image rather than pursuing one another. And your family can look, your kids can look perfect, but are you being the parent they need? Jesus is saying this, it, it's not about getting ahead. If you have to get, in order to get to head, if you have to crush people, you've missed the main point. It's not about getting ahead. It's not about being perfect. It's about people. And if you're too busy to minister to people, if you're too busy to hang around people, if you're too busy to take phone calls and to minister to people, man, you've missed the point. I love what Paul says in Galatians 6.3. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important, right? Paul just takes off the gloves and is like gut punch, boom. Well, Justin, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert and not an extrovert like you. And, and here's the great thing is that Jesus doesn't exclude the introverts from this point. Well, it's just not my gifting. No, no, no. It's your calling. Total difference. It's not about what you're gifted to do. It's about what are you called to do. It's not that you're called to pursue perfect. You're called to love one another. 
And hear me, if you are that efficient person that's all about efficiency and running your life on a schedule and you're that type A, and and I'm a weird kind of bird. You've already figured that out, I know. Um, But I want to have have fun but be efficient in that fun. Like I'm like, let's have a great time, but let's get things done. And then they're like kind of confused. I thought we were having fun. We got to get things done, right? It rhymes, so it's got to work. But um, if you're all about efficiency, hear me. People aren't interruptions. They're the whole point. People aren't interruptions. For you and me, they're the whole point. John chapter 4, verse 20 through 21. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, think nothing of it. He is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. And what I've come to realize is that most of the time, interruptions are where true ministry happens. In my home, with my friends, in the church, interruptions are really where a lot of true, real ministry happens. I'm, Casey and I meet with uh, couples that are a whole stage ahead of us. Their kids are in college or out of the house. We're like, tell, tell us... Tell, in part, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you raise these great kids? Tell, tell us, and we can bring our questions to them. And I remember every couple has said this to us. They said, if you think you're going to have a meaningful conversation with your teenager when it's convenient for you, you are so wrong. <laughs> they said, most of your meaningful conversations will come when you're ready to go to bed and they're just waking up. And they're like, you got to stay and be present in that moment. And can I tell you, it's an interruption to Casey and I's like sleep cycle. I'm like, can we, can we, can we put a pin in this and come back to eight in the morning? Cause that really is my good time. I'm efficient. I got coffee in hand. You know, I've just come back from the gym. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, but no, it usually starts around 10 30, 11 o'clock and like, Hey, can we talk? And, and here's the deal. That's when real ministry happens. Is it an interruption? A little bit. But I would rather invest in my kid and love my kid and be available to to my kid than say, you know what, you're interrupting my life. And hear me, you can run your life efficiently, but are you running your life loving others like God has called you to love them? Because it's all about loving people. And you can chase perfection, but it's really hard to chase perfection while loving others the way you ought to. So here's the invitation. Go back to 1 Peter. Don't chase after your own desires. Don't don't put a filter over your life. Don't try to chase perfect. Don't try to look, man, I know that's what society says. It's not about being perfect. But chase after. Be anxious. Look forward to doing what God's will is for you, teenager. What God's will is for you, college student. What God's will is for you, young professional. What God's will is for you, married couple. What God's will is for you, mom and dad and grandparents. What God's will is for you. Focus on that and run after that. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And Lord, I, I pray this would be a message that we just don't hear with our ears and hear in our head, but that it gets in our heart. Lord, this is a message I, I need help with. Because, Lord, I get busy trying to perform and pursuing perfection. And if I do A and B, it's going to equal C. Instead of resting in your grace. 
instead of realizing that my unfiltered self plus Jesus, man, it's more than enough. Instead of leaning into your sufficient grace and my weakness, God, I try to cover them up, but Lord, I pray that you would help me to learn to boast of my weaknesses. Lord, to lean into my weaknesses and to understand that you have created me as a masterpiece. Just the way I am, that even in my weaknesses, if I'll get out of the way and not just try to cover it up and not try to put a bunch of filters on it, Lord, you'd be glorified because your strength's made perfect. And so, Lord, I pray, help us. Lord, for some of us, that you would take the pressure off of our lives. Lord, some of us are tired. Some of us are worn out because we've been chasing after what looks good to us or really what makes us look good. God, I pray that our focus instead would be turned to doing the will of our Heavenly Father. And that, Lord, we would rest in your grace and we would love others. In Jesus' name, I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today. If you're here or you're online watching with us today, and if you're not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ, man, he's just waiting. He's waiting for you to lean in. He's waiting for you, just like Philip had to learn, to hand over what he had so God could do more with it than what he ever could have done on his own. And some of you, you're here and you've been trying to do it all on your own, but God has a better way. You're watching at home and you've tried to do it all on your own, but God has a better way. So when I count to three, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, or if you're here today and you say where I'm at isn't where I should be, and I need to recommit my life to him, when I count to three, we're going to give you a chance to change your life, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me. That's me. Before we go any further in service, that's just me, man. There's, there's change that needs to happen, and I've been trying to do it all on my own. But I realize, man, there's a better way to do this. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I confess that I have messed up and that I have sinned, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.